and welcome to our quarterly talking property series, The House View. Together, CBRE's Australia and New Zealand CEO, Phil Rowland, and Head of Research, Samir Chopra, will investigate what's next for the Australian property sector, the potential disruptors, emerging opportunities, and what's top of mind for the industry's major players. We hope you enjoy their conversations. Hello, I'm Phil Rowland, and I'm excited to launch our new Talking Property series with our Head of Research, Samir Chopra. We're going into this year uh, after a very challenging second half in 2022. Uh, The inflation genie firmly out of the bottle, uh, interest rate rises, uh, and of course, a deteriorating economic outlook that is weighing pretty heavily on investors and occupiers. So what's next? What is going to shape the market this year? So Samir, maybe we can just start with the overall economic outlook. We expect the economy to grow. Uh, and I think the word grow is important, at somewhere between 1.5% and 2%. That'll be a little bit below trend, but we're not forecasting a recession. Um, You know, and I often describe Australia as being boringly good. Um, If I can use an analogy, it's a little bit like the Glen McGrath. It's line in length. We don't have these big peaks or troughs. I think that's, that's kind of the attraction of Australia. And, you know, similarly, New Zealand will also grow next year, though modestly, uh, at around the sort of 1% sort of growth rate. And then inflation, inflation was about 7, just over 7% this year. And we've got it dipping to about 4 to 5% range, closer to 4 towards the end of the year. And interest rates will start to stabilize. Uh, there's quite a divergent view out there in terms of interest rates. Um, in Australia, there's expectations that interest rates will be somewhere between 3.35% and 3.85%. But I'd say, you know, the hard yards are done. That was done in 22. We're now nearing the peak. And there's anything from zero to three interest rate rises to go in Australia this year. In New Zealand, interest rates are expected to peak at about 5.5%. So I think, you know, it's still going to be tough, but we're nearer the end than the, than the beginning. Mm, mm. Well, certainly from us, from I suppose a CBRE standpoint, uh, Samir, it's probably fair to say that we feel like we've kind of seen the worst second half of last year was was very challenging, particularly in the in the capital markets space, which, as everyone knows, was very subdued in the in the last two quarters. But on a on a brighter front, um, we are seeing leasing volumes hold up. Uh, December was. Um, uh, was quite a surprise, actually, um, and we expect that to sort of carry through into into the first half of this year, particularly in office. Um, and despite the supply constraints in industrial, uh, we still see some very strong uh, demand in that space. Um, obviously, capital markets activity is going to remain subdued um, until we see, you know, what you described, a bit of normalisation around uh, around interest rates, um, and probably no real activity until the second half until we see um, you know, that price discovery kind of stabilising. Um, one thing that we also do see is domestic occupiers in Australia um, are probably going to be more active than international occupiers. And I think that is just centred around probably a sense of stronger confidence here in this market. You can see it coming through in financial performance uh, of our corporates uh, here in Australia and the and the, just the general stability they have in their balance sheets. Yeah, Phil, and we're picking up similar trends actually overseas. Um, you know, in the UK, they had a pretty robust uh, November leasing performance, a leasing activity in office picked up through November, but the US, you know, things are still Very pretty good. tough. Yeah, yeah. So I think 
decisions are taking longer to sort of execute. All right. So maybe um, that's a little bit of an outlook on on economy. What about um, commercial real estate pricing? You know, the big story uh, in 2022 was obviously bond yields uh, increasing by 2.2%. Um, but this wasn't fully reflected uh, in direct asset values where we've seen cap rates expand by sort of 15 basis points for office and about 50 basis points for industrial. But what's the evidence from the US and, and the UK suggesting something? Look, there was the activity was far more aggressive. The cap rate movements were far, far more aggressive in the US and the UK um, than than in Australia. You know, for example, in US office, we've seen about a hundred and ten basis point cap rate expansion in twenty two, so far more aggressive. And then in industrial, we've seen about seventy basis points of cap rate expansion in in the US. So, where do you see cap rates settling in Australia then? Yeah, Phil, look, I think we're about a third of the way through the the repricing in, in Australia. We're expecting, you know, prime office will settle around 5.4%. In industrial, you know, we're expecting total cap rate expansion, bottom to top of about 110 to 120 basis points. And retail will be more resilient, so, you know, very little sort of movement. Uh, having said that, you know, I think the price discovery will take at least another one, two, maybe even up to three quarters. Yep. We won't get sort of you know full price discovery maybe till the third quarter. Um, at the end of the day, you know pricing will probably be similar between the U.S. and Australia. So we're expecting five to six percent sort of cap rates, uh, but the valuation impact is going to be more muted because rents are growing far more aggressively than expected. Yeah. So let's get on to the rent story. Um, you know, there's there's a, a lot of recessionary talk. Um, you can't escape that. But despite that, um, we did see rents grow in 2022. So what's the magnitude and, and your expectations for, for rent in 2023? If you look in 22, we had really aggressive rent growth in industrial uh, and also residential. But even, you know, office and, and retail posted sort of mid-single digits Looking, looking out to 23, we're expecting office and retail will repeat performance, so we'll probably get mid-single digits uh, again. Um, incentives will need to still remain relatively high. Landlords are going to need to work hard to secure these deals. So at least in the first half of this year, we're still expecting incentives remain high. Um, and in industrial and resi, we're expecting, you know, rent growth could be high single digits. Vacancy super tight, mm-hmm. super super tight. Really good demand conditions. So, you know, I'm I'm expecting high single digits again. Yep. So, uh, let's think about some of the big themes for for 2023 um, that are going to be playing on everyone's minds. It's going to be impacting uh, returns, and uh, you know, I suppose. Some of them, as we think about, it's going to be migration and tourism. We're starting to see early, early uh, data on that. The resurgence of, of CBDs, um, construction costs, and premiumization, which I'm not sure that's a word yet, but maybe Oxford will pick that up. But, uh, <laughs> so let's dig into these. So, um, Samir, mate, what's your view on migration and tourism? I know you're, you're, you're a big proponent of that. Yeah, look, I think migration and tourism, um, First of all, you know, the big surprise was the Australian government increased the migration target last year. We've gone from having a target of 160,000 to 195,000. So there's 
more migrants that'll be coming to Australia, which is which is quite quite good. You know, we expect Australia and New Zealand will have amongst the highest population growth globally um, yeah. over the next decade, and I think that makes us a very attractive place to invest. And we've got these live trackers at these airports, and what we're seeing is really good arrivals into the country in terms of permanent migrants, international students, and tourists. Um, international students, you know, we're expecting first quarter of this year will be a record year. We would never have seen as many international students as as we're about to see in this quarter. So I think it'll be a very good market for students. And then, and then finally, you know, tourism arrivals have picked up. India is back to pre-COVID, and New Zealand and UK are similarly good. They're about 25% below, below where they were in 2019. I think once the Chinese start yeah. to come, uh, you know, it'll be a really big tailwind for retail, for residential, but, you know, it'll, be, it'll have flow-on effects. Um, it'll really push vacancy rates down. Vacancy's tight already. But, you know, vacancy in, in inner-city retail, inner-city residential, super tight. It'll yeah. get super, super tight. Really exciting market. Well, of course, the other big theme is the resurgence of our CBDs. And, and um, whilst it's been slow, painful progress, um, there is evidence that um, we're seeing foot tra- traffic improve into the CBDs. Um, our CBDs recent survey uh, of Australian and global consumers had highlighted that commute time is a key factor in, in choosing new jobs uh, and also uh, locations for homes. And when you consider the the patterns that we can see in food and beverage and entertainment, uh, the emphasis in local governments around 24-hour economies, the general trajectory around the return to office, um, whilst subdued, is still directionally the right way. And then, of course, we think about the improving transport infrastructure, you know, into CBDs, the outlook is is strengthening. But what's what's your kind of view on that, Smith? Yeah, Phil, look, one of my um, favorite data points is we're seeing, you know, looking at vacancy rates for, for residential, we're seeing that suburbs that had been sea change, tree change type suburbs, the vacancy is kind of gently trending up mm-hmm. through the course of 22. Um, inner city has just seen vacancy drop very, very significantly. So, you know, people are acting on this lower commute. We're seeing people coming back into the CBD. The first place where we picked this up as a potential trend was in London uh, back in uh, November 21, where, you know, there was long queues for people looking to rent uh, houses and apartments in London. <clears throat> and that's now translated into what we're seeing, what we're seeing in Australia as well. It's uh, one of the reasons I'm, I'm so super bullish uh, on, on inner city residential is we expect, you know, as Airbnb, international students, People wanting shorter commutes, so, so domestic residents all sort of hub in closer to the city. I think we're going to have a very exciting market in the in the fringe and inner city space. I guess, Mir, let's talk construction costs. Um, there is obviously a very sizable uh, development pipeline here in Australia amongst our, our largest uh, commercial real estate firms. I think it stands at about $160 billion. And, of course, through 22, we saw significant escalations in construction costs, I think about 11%. So what's your view on construction costs as we move into 2023? Well, this is probably our most controversial view. We're expecting construction costs will fall this year 
by something like 10 to 15%. So construction costs to fall by 10 to 15% this year. And there's two, two components to that. One is um, raw material prices have started to decline very, very sharply. Um, freight, international freight, is dropped by 80% through the course of last year. And, you know, this will start to feed through because we import everything, uh, fittings, taps, you name it, we import it. Um, oil prices have dropped by about a third. Timber and steel prices have also dropped by a third. So we're expecting, you know, raw materials will become a lot cheaper. And then the other part is just labor. And what we're starting to see is, you know, labor availability. It's still tight, but it's starting to improve in the last quarter or so. And that's mainly because residential construction in Australia slowed very, very significantly. So, you know, construction costs should moderate, but I'm still very worried because, you know, land values are very high. Funding is really, really hard. Uh, it's really hard to get financing. So, you know, we expect a lot of the development pipeline will keep getting pushed out. Yep. Um, it's it's going to be challenging. Uh, speaking to a lot of our development team, you know, they're saying it's it's – Still tough. Yep. Still tough. Yep. Final theme: premiumization, or, or said another way, flight to quality. Um, that's certainly a much talked about theme, but certainly one that uh, is vital, um, particularly in the context of, of office, um, where vacancy rate for top quartile uh, CBD office stock by rent value uh, is just five point five percent. So certainly a key trend that we saw in 2022 was the vast majority of, of office relocations were to higher rent, higher quality buildings. But just given the economy is slowing, just given general sentiment, Samir, do you think this can be sustained going forward? It's a really fascinating theme, uh, you know, this concept of premiumization and people aspiring to better uh, in every aspect of their life. And we're seeing this in every aspect of real estate, you know, premium residential, premium retail, premium offices. Um, and you see it in sharper cap rates. You see it in much lower vacancy, to the point you were making. You see it in, in much higher rents uh, for, these, for these places. Um, we've built a rough rule of thumb that somewhere between 20 and 25% of the market wants premium product. Uh, you know, about a quarter of all the seats sold on a typical Qantas plane that flies internationally is business class or premium economy, a quarter of seats. A quarter of Australians send their kids to private schools. Um, you know, 15% of people are buying premium luxury cars. So that's kind of the demand equation. And, and you know, we, we've seen it's relatively unsensitive or insensitive to economic cycles. So people continue to aspire, continue to spend on this product, so I would expect it's going to remain pretty robust despite the economic cycle. Right. So I thought we would just close up um, with some, I suppose, some anecdotes or sort of feedback that we're sort of picking up from, you know, our discussions with, with the markets. I mean, I've got a couple and I'm sure you've got a few on your mind. Um, the, I suppose the one that is resounding for me is that despite the global turmoil that, that that has been occurring in 2022 and the challenges that have come with that relative to inflation and rate hikes and, and of course, the war in Ukraine, there's still strong conviction on Australia. Um, stable government, very well-managed economy that's rateable, to your yep. point earlier, 
um, good migration story uh, and a really healthy corporate sector. And so what what I'm hearing anyway is that that's culminating in a really positive outlook for, for property in Australia. And I think that sort of related to that, I suppose, is that um, there's no shortage of liquidity and strong interest in Australia from, from foreign capital partners. Uh, and that the current environment, whilst it's really, really challenging, but when we get to neutral ground on interest rates and we can get to through price discovery and we and values normalise over the next two to three quarters, we're expecting a lot of activity in the capital market space. Lynn, my own conversations with um, occupiers and landlords, the one of the things that keeps coming up is fit-out costs. Mm. I think it's been super topical just given how expensive fit-outs become. Uh, and people are looking for new ways of trying to, you know, engineer better fit out, but at the same time, you know, try and mitigate the costs of, yep. of this fit out. It's put a lot of upward pressure on incentives. Um, so the single biggest question we get is, you know, what do we do with fit out? When do we execute on fit out? Um, there, there are some of the things that have been yeah. coming up most frequently. Yeah, there's definitely some cost sensitivity yeah. there. I think from an occupier perspective, what I would say is that. Uh, organizations are starting to sort of figure out hybrid working and have sort of increasing confidence of being able to sort of operate in that environment. We're sort of seeing this sort of coalescing in the middle around hybrid and flexibility being being a structural shift and an an aspect of the future. Um, And that, that, you know, occupiers and progressive organizations are actually seeing the role of office playing an even more important role in the future of, of, of organisations and, and becoming more intentional in its use. And, and so I think that, that bodes well for, you know, for the office sector um, particularly. Well, thanks, Samir. Uh, a lot to think about as we roll into 2023. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed our new series. Uh, please keep an eye out for our next edition uh, of Talking Property, The House View.